This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. All right, did we have a good time this morning at High Desert Word Center? I think we had a pretty good time. We got to crown a new t-shirt champion for 2018. That was pretty cool. And she was happy. She won. The rest of you got cream puffs. Were those cream puffs good to my finalist? Those, see? All right. Nice. It pays off to compete. All right. Well, tonight, what we're going to be talking about for a few minutes here is, what I mean, a verse that has just spoken into my life so many times. But the title tonight is this, Guard Your Heart. You have got to guard your heart. Now, why is that so important? Well, let's open our Bibles tonight to Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23. And we need to talk about this for a few minutes because this is something that uh, the Word of God puts vital importance on. And you need to know Proverbs 4.23. This, this verse comes to me often and I share it with people often. But Proverbs 4, verse 23, I'm going to... We'll, We'll look at a couple translations here, but we're going to look at a lot of Proverbs tonight because I believe that there's some wisdom uh, that we all can get out of this. But, but Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 in the NLT says, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Or I think the King James says, for out of it flow the issues of life. But it determines the course of your life. And then I like the 2007 um, uh, edition of the New Living. It says, above all else, guard your heart, for it affects everything you do. It affects everything you do. Now, I would say if, th- this could go, I mean, physically and spiritually. Now, is it pretty important that if, uh, if you're a soldier in battle, it's pretty vital to guard your physical heart, right? Because that pretty much affects everything else you do. I mean, I don't want to get hit anywhere, but I'd rather lose my pinky than my heart. Okay? I don't want to lose my pinky. I love it. It's very precious to me. If I lose my pinky, life will go on. But if you take my heart away, I'm pretty much done for. Now, spiritually speaking, you have to realize that in the Bible, most of the time when you see the word heart, it's talking about your spirit, not your blood pump. I mean, unless it's very specifically uh, talking about your physical heart, it's usually talking about your spirit. You've got to love the Lord your God with all your heart. Well, you can't love God with your physical heart any more than you can with your foot. That's just a part of your body. But that's talking about your spirit. And so guarding your heart above all else means you have to guard your spirit because it affects everything you do. If you have spiritual problems, you'll make very bad choices in life in pretty much every area. You'll make bad choices with what type of food you eat. You'll make bad money choices. You'll make bad choices with what you do with your time. Your heart, your spirit, it affects everything you do. And so when you see somebody that's making godly choices, right? You see somebody that's, you know, being loving and kind and forgiving and and going to church and reading their Bible and praying. You see somebody like that. Well, that tells me that they're heart must be in pretty good shape because they're doing godly things and it affects everything you do. And so it's not too hard to sometimes we, you know, we'll see somebody just making bad choices and we're like, what's going on with them? And, and a lot of times we get mad at people's actions because we see the fruit of a bad heart. 
And what you don't realize, if you don't, if you don't understand this concept, you're, you won't be a very compassionate person. Sometimes we get angry at people's uh, decisions and their actions. But when you look at the root, you're like, there is a heart problem within this person right there. They have got a spiritual issue that is not dealt with, and they're acting crazy right now. They're doing all kinds of bad things, and, and I'm not mad at them. I'm not, I'm not mad at, at, at their actions necessarily. What I want to do is we've got to take care of this heart before they do something really bad, before they send themselves to the grave. They need to get their heart taken care of. And so the book of Proverbs says, more than anything, Guard your heart because it will affect every single thing you do. I can think back to the times of my life when I've done stupid things, when I've made poor choices. And I can say those were the times that I can look back and also say, well, I was not in a very good spiritual condition right there. I I wasn't guarding my heart and I let bitterness come in. I wasn't guarding my heart and I let my friends influence me to do stupid things. But the times that I have been spiritually strong, the times that I have been guarding my heart, it, I mean, listen, I, I, that's been the times that I've been strongest for God. That's been the times that I've made the right choices and done the right things. And so you could look at this topic and we can literally discuss thousands of areas that you need to guard your heart against. I mean, you, anything against money, against friends, against blah, 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 every area. Why is it? Because, well, like Proverbs says, it affects everything you do. Out of it flow the issues of life. And so you have got to get a hold of this that it's important. You need to guard, every, you know, you need to guard every part of your life, but you've got to guard your heart. And so I've just, I, I've prayed, and, and there's three things we're going to look at tonight. I mean, again, we could go thousands of directions, but we're going to look at three brief areas that especially the Proverbs deal with. All right, this mainly Proverbs tonight. But um, the first thing I'm going to talk about guarding your heart against, number one, is from gossip. Thank you. From gossip. Now, this is something that we don't tend to think about too much because it seems to be one of those sins that we're okay with. Have you ever noticed that, that there's some things that there is sin, but it's just like we don't really make that big of a fuss about them. We just kind of let people do it. You know, I mean, you'd get really mad if somebody was cursing in front of your children. Somebody was drunk in front of your kids. But yet you let people and you yourself gossip in front of your, you know, listen. That it's just as big of a sin. It's just as big of a deal. And so we've got to get a hold of this that you need to guard your heart against gossip. Now, this morning, I kind of talked to the men a little bit, didn't I? Remember that? Were you here? Okay. Now, I'm just I'm keeping it real. I like to Pastor Dave like to keep it real. I traditionally speaking, I have noticed that women struggle with this more than men. That's not to say that men don't struggle with it. But I, there are different things that the enemy seems prone to use against the different. I mean, men struggle with lust a lot more than traditionally than women do. Not to say that women wouldn't struggle with that. But traditionally, that is more of a weapon that the enemy has used against men. And I think that this area can be used against anybody. But I have traditionally seen it used more often against women. And uh, listen, God is not going to use you to the level that he needs to use you if you're going to be a gossip. Everybody can say amen, all right? Not, I mean, ladies, gentlemen, everybody, children, boys, girls, children of all ages. Listen, you need to realize that you have got to guard your heart against gossip because gossip will take root on the inside of you and tear you to pieces. I've seen people that have not guarded their hearts against gossip and it has wrecked their lives. They have destroyed the most precious relationships in their lives 
over the sake of gossip. They did not guard their hearts. So who wants to look at some Proverbs tonight? Yeah, let's do this. Proverbs 16, verse 28. Proverbs 16, verse 28. And so I'm going to be in the New Living Translation and the Living Bible mainly, but I may, who knows, I may throw a new King James in there. We may, we, may, we may go that route. We could. We could. Why not? Hey. Now, the, I mean, we know that Paul read the King James himself. So if, if he did, which is incredible because that was translated in the 1600s, but he wasn't alive. But still, we know that's what he used. So <laughs> that's incredible. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. Proverbs 16, verse 28. It says, a troublemaker plants seeds of strife. Gossip separates the best of friends. Ooh. A troublemaker. Do you want to be a troublemaker? Do you want to plant seeds of strife? Because you know that you reap what you sow. Alright? Are you going to sow and plant seeds of strife? Are you going to be a peacemaker? Jesus said, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Do you want to be called a son of God or do you want to be called a troublemaker? Do you want to hang out with troublemakers? I don't want to hang out with troublemakers. I don't want to hang out around people that gossip. I don't even, I don't want to be in the same room as that, let alone be one myself. But it says right here, gossip separates the best of friends. Guard your heart against gossip. Let's look at Proverbs 20 verse 19. I hope you're writing these down. Because there's a lot, and we have narrowed the list down. We could have gone with many more Proverbs, but I have narrowed the list down on all these topics tonight. Proverbs 20, verse 19. In the Living Bible, it says, Don't tell your secrets to a gossip unless you want them broadcast to the world. (laughs) Don't tell your secrets. I think I will, Susan. I thank you. Don't tell your secrets to a gossip unless you want them broadcast to the world. Now, have you ever, I remember one time uh, we had made a decision and and I had just told like a couple of people. And the next thing I know, people from all over town were telling me, hey, I heard the news. I'm like, what? I I told two people. How did you hear the news? And, and, you know, and, and it was just shocking. All over the city, people were coming up to me. Hey, I heard the news, man. You know, hey, good job. And I'm like, what? How did you hear? So it's pretty easy to narrow it down to who I had to have come from like a couple of could have only come from a couple of people. But at the same time, don't tell your secrets to a gossip unless you want the whole world to know about them. And so, hey, listen, I found out that sometimes I do want the word to get out. So there's certain people I'll tell it to. I don't even need to post it on the Internet. I'm like, oh, what is. Hey, we need to get the word out really quick. Go tell her because by, by midnight tonight, all of Barstow will know. So go let her know. No, don't post it on Facebook. You don't have to do that. Just go ahead and tell her. Tell him, you know, whatever. And, and next thing you know, the whole city will know. And, that, and I mean, in some ways, it's kind of helpful to have some of you as friends. But on the other hand, I'm, I, I tease because I love. I kid because I love. But don't tell your secrets to a gossip unless you want them broadcast to the world. And sometimes you've got to realize, you've got to watch who you're hanging out with. You've got to watch who you are going to tell your business to. And I, I mean, I've said this a thousand times. There's very few people that I will share my personal business with. And I, I trust lots of people, I guess you could say. But at the same time, I just I don't need to tell everybody my personal business. 
I mean, and if you do, then that's your business. But my business says it's probably staying within the walls of my home. So, praise God. Uh, Proverbs 18, verse 18. Yes, yes. Proverbs 18, verse 18. Who's glad they came on Sunday night? Would you have been better off at home watching the closing ceremonies of the Olympics? Okay. Yeah, yeah, we DVR'd that, so. Proverbs 18, verse 18. It looked kind of neat. I, it looked kind of cool. I wanted to see some of that. But Proverbs 18, verse 18, in the New Living, it says, Rumors are dainty morsels that sink deep into one's heart. Now, this, this is exactly what I'm talking about tonight. Guard your heart above all else. Rumors, it says very specifically, sink deep into the heart. So Proverbs 4.23 says to guard your heart above all else because it will affect everything you do. And Proverbs 18.18 says rumors will sink deep within somebody's heart. And I'm telling you what, when something gets deep, when something gets planted deep, when it has deep roots... That is a difficult thing to deal with. Have you ever, I mean, you've had weeds grow up, and it's one thing to weed, I can knock them down, but when the roots are like two feet deep, you've got to dig and pull and tug, and they are down there because it doesn't matter how flimsy the thing looks on top, if the roots are deep, you're in trouble. And sometimes it may seem like, oh, it's just a flimsy little rumor hearsay, but, but maybe it is true. When you start believing it, that rumor will get a hold of your heart and sink deeper and deeper and deeper. Next thing you know, you don't even like some person anymore, and it's because you heard something about them that was simply a rumor. Why? Should we blame the person that told you? No, I blame you for not guarding your heart. Because it's the shame on the person that tells rumors and spreads gossip, but shame, double shame on the person that sits there and listens to that trash. You have got to take a stand on what you listen to. And again, this is saying that rumors, they sink deep into the heart. I do not want something sinking deep into my heart except for the word of God. David said, your word, I've hidden your word in my heart that I won't sin against you. But I definitely do not want a rumor or gossip being the thing that's taken a deep root into my heart. And so you have to, you gotta, you gotta make a decision. You need to refuse to listen to gossip. Do people at your work gossip? Do they? This is, I'm, I'm just being serious. I'm just asking. Do people at your school, they sit around and gossip about the person that's not there, so therefore you know when you're the one that's not there, they're probably roasting you? Huh? Yeah. Fun. So, I, and I've told this, many of you have heard this story, but I, when I worked at one place, uh, man, they, all the people I worked with, again, no offense, mainly ladies, they, 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 no matter what was going on, they came in with the God, every morning they had the fresh, the rumor mill got brewing at about 7 a.m. I mean, it was hot and fresh off the press. Oh, let me tell you, you would not believe. And at first I'm like, man, shut up. I don't want to hear that. I'm, you know, I'm here to flip burgers. Just time out. Just let me, let me. But after a while, I started, I mean, I started listening. And I started to not like people. I started to like, are you serious? Tell me more. What, what, she said that? And he wore that? And she's doing this? Oh, oh my gosh. Oh, whoa, no. Girl. <laughs> so, <you know. laughs> so, 
after a while, I'm reading the Proverbs one day and I'm hearing all this stuff. And I'm like, wow, maybe I shouldn't be listening to all this gossip going on. And so I decided, you know what? I cut me out of the rumor mill. You know, you can talk about me as much, but I don't want to be in. I don't want to be involved anymore. And so I made the choice. And so the next morning I get there, and here come the ladies. Would you believe what the night shift did? They, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And so they they start in on how nasty and dirty and foul the night shift people are. You know, the children of the night. I mean, they must be evil. They work at nights, and I, I mean, just stupid stuff. And so they're going on and on, and I'm like, okay, time out. I have made a decision that I am not going to listen to gossip anymore. I'm, you know, you, you guys, that's up to you. But it's a sin to gossip. Because they all said they were Christians. Debatable at best. But so they, they, they were going through all this stuff. And, and I'm like, I'm not, I'm sorry. I, don't, I can't gossip. I can't even listen to it anymore. And they were offended at me. And, and this lady's like, well, it's only gossip if it isn't true. Everything we're saying is true. That doesn't make it any better whether it's true or not. It's still wrong. I don't want to hear it. And so, you know, I'm sure that I was the new topic of, you know, holier than thou or whatever, but I don't care. But I, I was not going to sit there and let that poison me because I would listen to this stuff and it would put me in a bad mood. Have you ever, you've sat there and you were in a great mood, but you listened to some gossip come around and, and you know, puke their, their rumors all over you. And next thing you know, you're in a bad mood. And you were having a fantastic day, but because somebody came in, do you hear what she said about you? Do you know what he had said when you weren't even here? And you sit there and you listen to that, and now you're in a bad mood. You've got to get to the place where like, I don't care, man. Because Jesus says, I am awesome. I am incredible. I am, I am more than a conqueror. You need to listen. You've got to get over what people think about you, and you have got to guard your heart above all else, for it affects everything that you do. Guard your heart against gossip. And, you know, uh, Brother Hagen, we talk about him, and everybody admires his teaching on faith, but what you don't realize is what his biggest, I mean, one of his main focuses other than faith was his belief and his teaching on walking in love and forgiveness and not choosing to believe wrong about anybody. And some people have said that was a weakness. People would write bad stories about him and rumors, and he wouldn't even deny any of it. I'm like, he's weak. He wouldn't even take the time to deny it. And he, and he didn't. He's like, say what you want to say. I forgive you. I love you. I don't care. And, and I believe that's why he was so strong. But, uh, but I heard his son talking about uh, when Kenneth Hagin Jr., uh, whenever he was growing up, he said sometimes his mom would come home and say, honey, you would not believe what so-and-so said. And he'd say, well, you don't know that's, if that's true or not. And she'd say, it is true. I heard them say it myself. And he'd say, well, they could have changed their minds since then. So let's just choose to love them anyway and not even talk about that ever again. Like, whoa. <laughs> Man, maybe they had to change your heart. Maybe they don't believe that anymore, even if it was ten minutes ago. Maybe they just changed their mind. So we're going to choose to squash it right here and not even let it go on any further. That is called guarding your heart above all else. Guarding your heart from gossip. Can we get a collective amen from the congregation? The second thing we're talking about tonight is guarding your heart from fear. This may seem random, but I think there's, these are just some things that I prayed about. And, but we need to guard our hearts from fear. Now, it's one thing to get startled or momentarily frightened by something, but it's a whole other thing to let fear take control of your heart. 
You know what I mean? Have you ever been in that spot where fear has got a hold of your heart? And, I mean, you're just, you're afraid of what's going to happen the next day. You're afraid of, of, of you know, work or the next day. You're afraid of seeing this person. You're afraid of, of what's going to come in the mail. I mean, you because fear got control of your heart. And so that starts determining the course of your life. Because whatever controls your heart, that, I mean, it's, it's super easy to get control of a person. You just get control of someone's heart and you make them go wherever you want them to go. And you see that all the time. When someone falls in love, you know, they'll go wherever the love of their life is going. They'll, you know. And so when fear controls your heart, it'll start affecting the decisions you make. God will tell you to do something and you'll be like, no, we don't have the money. We can't do that. You know what I'm learning? Most every time that God tells us to do something around here, we don't have the money for it. Or else it wouldn't take any faith at all. Right? God's not going to say... I mean, what, what, listen, when God calls you to do something big, it's going to be something that you're going to have to use your faith for. And if we were so afraid, we could never get a new roof put on, even though it's raining buckets into our building. We don't have the money. Listen, we had some super bad leaks here. We didn't put a new roof on because we just loved to spend money. It was a necessity. We needed a new roof. This place was falling down. And so, listen, we, can, we went took it before God. It's going to cost a lot of money. What was the final on that after it was all? We said, like, yeah, 40000 for the roof. Then they had to build these pitches into it. And guess what? Do you think God was terrified? Oh, my gosh. High Desert Work Center on Snow Mine Road needs $40,000. We don't have that in heaven. Please. God had 40000 and he used a lot of us to bring it in. And guess what? He put a new roof on his house, on his temple, didn't he? And because the roof leaked, we needed to get rid of our Pepto-Bismol uh, pink carpet. And so, <laughs> Pepto-Pink is gone. <laughs> that, was, that was a necessity, man. That was another, I don't know whether that was $20,000, $30,000. But at the same time, God's house should be taken care of. And if every time God tells you that he needs you to do something, you're terrified. Fear got a hold of your heart and faith definitely doesn't have a hold of your heart. There's some great things that God's you know, speaking to us right now to start doing here at the ministry. And of course, you know, the, 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 the resources and the funds aren't there. That doesn't matter, man. God said to do it. When, when you get to heaven and you didn't fulfill the call of God on your life, do you think he's going to take this as an excuse? I know you told me to do this, but I didn't have the money, so I just didn't do it. I think he's going to say, oh, my bad. I meant to ask somebody else that had the money. I'm God and I know everything, but I didn't know that you didn't have the money. He's going to say, I knew you didn't have it. That's why I wanted you to use your faith. It's impossible to please me without faith. Hebrews 11:6. You're supposed to walk by faith, not by sight. So you didn't fulfill the call of God on your life because you didn't have the money that, it, that I told you for that project. Yeah, shame on you. <laughs> Good job. So, listen, when fear controls your heart, it determines the course of your life. Fear will determine whether you serve God and obey Him or not. Fear will stop you from obeying God if it controls your heart. But if you control fear and you overcome it, you're going to be a spiritual giant. You're going to, I mean, you're going to bring multitudes into the kingdom of God if you'll let faith control your heart. So Proverbs 12:25, let's stick with this Proverbs thing for a minute. Proverbs 12:25. Proverbs 12 verse 25 in the New Living Translation it says, 
worry weighs a person down. Now, an encouraging word cheers a person up. But look at this. Have you ever, you know, you, you've just felt weighed down? You feel heavy, and sometimes they're like, they've got a spirit of heaviness on them right now. That's one of those Christian phrases we use. But it, it makes sense, because sometimes we've let fear get such a grip on us, it is weighing us down, and we, we do have a spirit of heaviness, man. We, I mean, you can just see it all over someone's face when they've got the spirit of heaviness. When fear has got control of their heart, it is written all over their face. And you can see it, and, and you're like, man, I wish that they got to overcome this. they got to get through this. Fear got control of their heart, and it's affecting every aspect of their lives. It'll affect your relationships. It'll affect your finances. Fear will straight up affect your health. If people get, I mean, stomach problems and ulcers and anxiety attacks and all this stuff, because it all started with fear getting control of their heart. And it affects, it determines the course of your life. And so one thing I've noticed about God is God, he makes these trades with us. He's like, okay, I'll give you this. If, you, if you'll just hand that over to me, I'll give you this instead. And I remember uh, I collected ball cards growing up. And now my, my boy Joel's getting into the, the card thing. He's collecting cards and we've been doing that. But, but I remember this one time. What, it's fun to have friends I'm going to say this nicely, that, that have nice basketball cards, but they're not the most intelligent people in the world. Does that, does that mean? So, I, I, there's this one, I had this one friend that really loved this player. His name was Penny Hardaway back in the 90s. He was good for a few years, and he got injured every season. But anyway, so he was good. But somehow this knucklehead stumbled across the three-part set of the 1992 Dream Team. So I ha- he had all three cards. Now, most people couldn't get all three cards to the set, but somehow this guy got all three cards. Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, John Stock, all these guys. And he sees that I've got this Penny Hardaway card. And he comes up, he's like, oh man, I want that card. And I'm like, well, I don't know if I could part from the- I'll give you all three of the Dream Team. Okay, I think I can do that. And so, so we traded, he traded me three for one. I'm like, take those cards before he changes his mind and run to the exit. And so I looked, I mean, and the cards are actually worth a little bit of something now. I looked at them a while back and I I was like a hundred bucks or something. But when cards, as far as cards are concerned, that's pretty decent. And so, and that Penny Hardaway card is worth about a penny. So I got the I got the I got the Dream Team and he got Penny. And and I uh, and anyway, but I noticed that whenever God makes a, a trade with us. It's usually like, I mean, it's always, we get the better end of that deal every time. He's like, give me your weakness and I'll give you my strength. Give me your sorrows and I'll give you my joy. Give me your, 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 your sadness and your, and your depression. I'll give you my peace that surpasses all understanding. And some people are, and some people are uh, I don't know, I'm good. I'm just kind of hanging on to this right now because I got a hold of your heart. And I mean, isn't that foolish that God's willing to, I mean, just absolutely trade you a million dollars for a dollar? And you're like, I want to hold on to this dollar. It's kind of, we've been through a lot together. We, man, I mean, I, I've had this sickness for years. I've had this depression. I mean, me, we go way back to my childhood. I've always had it. And God's saying, I want to trade you for that. I'll give you peace. I'll give you joy. But you want to hold on to that? It doesn't make any sense. And so let's go New Testament for just a minute before we go back to Proverbs. First Peter 5, 7. 
Let's talk about some of the things that God wants to take from you. First Peter 5, 7. Well, he wants you to give it to him, I should say. He's not just going to come and snatch it from you. You've got to give it to him. Because a lot of people are like, God, take this from me. Take these cigarettes. Well, God doesn't smoke. <laughs> What's he going to do with them? Take the beer, Lord. He doesn't drink either. Take these nasty videos. He doesn't watch them. He doesn't want them. You just got to give them up. But 1 Peter 5, 7, it says this. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. We know the King James says, cast all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. But give all your worries, all your cares to God, for he cares about you. He's like, I'll take a man here. Yeah, he'll get rid of those for you. I mean, he's not going to keep them for himself because he's not worried about anything. But he'll grab those and then he'll dispose of the worries and cares for you. And But you want to sit there holding on to him. He says, give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. And then a verse that most of us could quote, 2 Timothy 1.7. And the King James, I'm just going to go ahead and, and quote this. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but he has given us a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. So what I see here is a really great trade in my favor. Give all your worries and cares to God. And God says, I'm giving you a spirit of fear. I, what, I'll give you a spirit of power, a spirit of love and a sound mind. So let me get this straight. I give you my worries and you give me power, love and a sound mind. You're OK. Uh, yes. Deal. I'll take that deal. I'll take that deal every day. If you're going to take my worries, you're gonna, you'll take my cares, you so I can give those to you, and you'll straight up give me a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind? That is a really good trade. And so I'm saying tonight, we have got to guard our hearts from fear. Because fear will make you go crazy, but when you take the peace of God, when you take what Jesus wants to give you, He'll give you a sound mind. Who would like to have a sound mind? Amen. We need, we need that. That's a blessing from God to have a sound mind. And the third thing we'll say tonight is this. Guard your heart from bitterness. A bitter heart is a terrible thing to deal with. It's like having a heart disease, man. The roots to bitterness go very, very deep. We saw earlier how they talked about uh, uh, the seeds and the roots of, of gossip will go deep. But I'm telling you, the roots of bitterness go painfully deep into the heart. And it, it, without the help of God, people take that to the grave. You, you can't just get rid of bitterness on your own. That takes divine intervention. And now, it's one thing, you know, to, uh, if you get it in the early stages. But some people, they just let it keep growing and they don't deal with the bitterness. And that's when it starts to take... A deep, deep root. And, and you, are, you are putting yourself in a bad situation. So if you are battling bitterness tonight, I would start digging that sucker out now. Now. I would dig that out right now. I would start dealing with that before that gets any worse. That'll choke you to death, man. That'll kill you. Bitterness is a tool of the enemy and it'll kill you slowly and painfully, and you will, I mean, miserable life. Bitter people are the most miserable people in the world. They let it 
just suffocate them and choke the life out of them. You have got to deal with bitterness. And you got to know that we preached this last Sunday, but when you have bitterness in your heart, it's next to impossible to get your prayers answered. Because Galatians 5, 6 says that faith works by love. And someone that's bitter is definitely not a person that's submitting to the love of God in their life. Now, we do realize that sometimes we have bitterness because we have been wronged and you have legitimately been wronged. Okay? But still, you are to guard your heart above all else. So it doesn't say guard your heart above all else unless you have legitimately been wronged. And then you just take that bitterness and and plant it deep within and hide it within there forever. No. Don't hide bitterness within your heart. Do like David did. Hide God's word within your heart. And so, even if you have justifiably been wronged, God God said, give that to me. I'll dispose of that. And you, and what I'll do is I'll give you peace and love and joy instead. Let's make that trade. Three for one. You give me the bitterness and I'll take the peace and I'll give you some peace, love, and joy. Let's just trade that out right now. Yet some people, they hold on to bitterness. They, I mean, they they don't want to give it up. But it's going to kill you. Proverbs 19, verse 11 Who's enjoying the Proverbs, our our beautiful tour of Proverbs? Yes. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 11. We'll let you get there. We'll look at this one in the Living Bible. Proverbs 19, verse 11. And so I, I am telling you tonight, even if you were duly wrong, even if you are at the moment being wronged and you are legitimately being wronged, listen, they, they've done what they did. But if you're going to if you're not if you're, if you're just going to let that bitterness take control of your heart and not deal with it, you're killing yourself at this point. You're doing it to you now. Proverbs 19:11 says, "A wise man restrains his anger and overlooks insults." And this is to his credit. That's not saying it's a weakness. The wise man overlooks insults and that doesn't make him weak. This is to his credit. It's for your benefit. And I know some people are like, nobody is going to insult me and get away with it. No! You are, yeah, you are so cool. You are so tough. No one's going to tell you. No one's going to get away with talking to you wrong. Woo! I am so impressed. We got a tough guy on our hands here, people. My level of being impressed with that attitude is about a negative 5,000. That is the stupidest thing that I have ever heard in my life. When someone says, no one's going to walk all over me. I, when people say, when people talk about me, I will. I'll put them in their place. Go ahead, bitter heart. I've got a business card. I do funerals. So I just, no, that was mean. But, but what I'm saying is this. Listen to me. Bitterness will end your life early. It'll kill you. Bitterness will choke the life out of you. And so don't be so foolish as to sit there and say, nobody can talk about me. Listen, people can talk about me. And I don't let it really affect me that much. I've seen people, seriously, I've seen people critique my preaching on the internet. And, and I'm fine with that, man. Whatever. I've seen people say that I'm, uh, I've seen a few people say that I'm not a very good preacher. And I don't really care. I do not care because, listen, I'm not going to let that take control of my heart. I'm not going to let that affect how I'm going to obey God. Amen. 
And so some people, I mean, they would have, that would be the end of it. They would have a meltdown and, oh, I will track them down and make them pay for the day that they ever talked about me. Shut up. Dear Lord, man, you have got to be able to just let some stuff go. But if you just absorb every bullet that comes your way, it's going to take you down. You've got to have the guard. You've got to have the shield of faith in front of your heart, in front of your spirit. And when the darts come, you've got to just be able to, they've got to be able to bounce off. But if you're so tough that you would take every hit and you, you pay attention to everybody that's ever wronged you, you are a very, very, very weak person. And you will, and you know, you're going to pay the price for that. And so it says right here, a wise man restrains his anger and overlooks insults. And this is to his credit. Proverbs 19.9. So we're just going to look back a couple of verses here. Love prospers when a fault is forgiven, but dwelling on it separates close friends. Dwelling on a fault, dwelling on something, that's also called bitterness. It's bitterness when you dwell on something that you've been wronged in. But like, I love this. It says, love prospers. Love prospers when a fault is forgiven. Would you like for love to prosper in your life? I want love to prosper in my life. I want it to, I mean, grow and grow and take deep roots. It says love prospers when a fault is forgiven, but dwelling on it separates close friends. So I'm asking you tonight, do you dwell on faults? Do you dwell on the things that have been said and done to you? And sometimes you're just blowing it out of proportion in your head. We get that. We all do that sometimes. But sometimes it is legitimate. Now, are you dwelling on the wrongs that have been done to you? It says right here, it separates close friends. And believe it or not, it starts to drive this wedge in between you and God. Bitterness will do that because 1 John 4, 8 says that God is love. Now, if God is bitterness, then hey, I mean, you're on the right track right there. But God is not bitterness. God is love. And the opposite of love is hate, unforgiveness, strife, bitterness, rage, all these things. And so the more you let those take a root in your heart and grab your heart, the more it, it slowly it's driving a wedge in between you and God. And so you can cling to your rights to be bitter. Say, well, that's my right. They did it. Yes, it is your right. Absolutely. It is your right to hold on to that bitter. You have every right in the world to do that. But just know that it's going to affect everything that you do for the rest of your life. You can. You can, you can hold on to that. Absolutely. But just weigh the cost. Weigh the cost. Is it worth having all of your life affected by this bitterness? And if it is, then by all means, you cling to that tighter than anything you've ever clinged to in your life. But if it's not worth the rest of your life being affected, I would find a way to let that bitterness go. Because it will affect everything that you do. Who wants one last proverb? One last one. One last one. Proverbs 16.32. I intended to go shorter than this tonight, but... Desiree started saying amen. Susan said, say it again. So I've repeated my, done repeating myself about 50 times. Thanks a lot, Susan. Henry's out there with so his amens. Good Lord. 
Oh, you guys make me so bitter sometimes. <laughs> I was supposed to be at home watching the final closing ceremony of the Olympics. Uh, thank you. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Proverbs 16:32. It says, He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty. So you mean the guy that says he's so mighty because he can kick people's butts for saying something wrong about them? You're telling me that the guy that is slow to anger is actually better than the mighty? That's what it says. And he who rules his spirit than he who takes the city. That's good right there. That is, it says the guy that is slow to anger, he's better than the mighty. And the guy that rules his spirit is better than he who takes a city. So... Do you rule your heart? Do you rule your spirit? Do you, do you take control of this? Or do you let everything else come in and get control of your spirit? Do you let everything else, every word everybody says, every dirty look you ever get, every time you think you've been wrong, come in and get control of your heart? If you do, then you are, you're not mighty. We know that much. And you're probably miserable in every area of your life. And so, yes, you can cling to your rights, but you need to realize that there's going to be a price for that. Or you can take choice B, which is the Christian way. And as a Christian, you can forfeit your rights to bitterness. Maybe you say, I, I may have been wrong, but I forgive anyway. I forgive anyway. And when you do this, when you forfeit your rights, as I know I have the right to not like them, but I'm just going to get rid of that right now. When you take that route... You are opening the door to the peace of God Almighty, the joy of the Lord to be your strength, the love of God to rule your heart and mind. Oh, to come in and take control? So I'm telling you right now, guard your heart. If you see something, especially something we listed or didn't list tonight, that is trying to get control of your heart, I would immediately... Start doing whatever work that takes to get that out of your heart, out of your life, because you do not want that calling the shots for you. Do you want fear calling the shots in your life or do you want God? Do you want bitterness calling the shots? Do you want gossip or hatred or rumors or whatever it is calling the shots? No, I want God sitting on the throne of my heart, not fear, not gossip, and definitely not bitterness. Amen. Let's go ahead and stand up together tonight. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.